Hey guys, I hope you're ready to get deep in today's podcast because we are getting down to the nitty gritty and talking about infidelity, pornography, the long process of rebuilding trust in a marriage, and what happens if you don't choose to fully surrender to God every day. Before we get started, just remember, if you like and enjoy this podcast, please leave me a review on Apple Podcasts, give me that five-star rating, and say why you love this podcast. It'll only take a minute of your day, and it will get my name out there so other people can find this podcast as well. Alrighty, I hope you're ready to get started because it's about to be a good episode. Hey you guys, welcome to the Empowered Podcast, hosted by your girl, Miranda Lee. I hope you're ready to get confident, throw away the all or nothing mindset, fully surrender to God, and strive to be 1% better every day. Don't forget, you are enough, you are worthy, and you are loved. Alrighty, let's get this party started. All right. Hi, Brad and Lisa. Thank you guys so much for joining me today. We What's are up? excited to yeah. be here. Thank you for having us. Well, for those who do not follow you on Instagram and they should, I will put, you know, your tag in the show notes, but for those who do not follow you and know who you guys are, who are you and what do you guys do? Mm. <laughs> uh, well, we're Brad and Lisa Valencia. Yeah. Uh, we just, uh, you know, we kind of are new to the whole social media platform and podcasting. podcasting really. I mean, we have like 40 some episodes, but still. Just, yeah, but know, we really have just barely. felt led by God to just share our story as openly and honestly as we can. We've spent a yeah. lot of time individually with couples and sharing our story, and we're kind of 10 years past what I would say would be our a, event. A, I want to call it. That sounds kind of like it's a good thing. I would say a catalyst in our marriage, yeah. uh, for sure. And so that's kind of where we're at is just a place of like, mm -hmm. okay, we are wanting God to have the, all, all the glory in our yeah. story and we're just laying it out there. So what is your story? What made you guys, you know, feel like this was your calling from God? What was this event from 10 years ago? <laughs> this event, quote unquote. <laughs> I'm going to let, let my husband take Am it. I, going? I always like to just, just see where he goes with this. <laughs> <laughs> well, I will say yeah. we, we, we did not get any of these questions beforehand. No, it's fine. Cup. We're just making this happen today. Yeah, so. it's not a big deal. Um, so I just jump right into it. I don't like sugarcoat anything. So in 2011, um, I ended up stepping out on Lisa and the kids and I had an affair. And um, my timeline is really weird. Like there's things that I don't remember. So like to me, it was this happened and I was walking away from God. I was just my whole relationship with my family, not just Lisa and the kids, but like my whole family was, I was distancing myself from everybody. And, um, then, uh, that, I don't even know how long that was. And then, um, it's Lisa, like a vault in my yeah, head. You know, yeah. Yeah. I mean, she knows all the, you know, everything it's not. I, I just don't remember how long that was, you know? And, um, so uh, wh while that was going on, Lisa found out, and I think that 
you know, I mean, obviously at some point she was going to find out clearly. I didn't think that was going to happen because I was deep in this, you know, like that's just what happens when people are, that are de doing this, that's what happens. So, um, anyway, she found out and, um, I didn't live at home anymore. I lived with friends of mine. Um, I continued this life. I continued doing everything that, you know, I had been doing the reason why I was losing my family and my whole family. And, um, then one, and this is like a, the shorter version. Mm -hmm. Cause it's a, uh, you know, it's like extensive, like we go into detail, but, um, one day I was, I was driving home from another just weekend of, you know, doing anything I wanted basically. And I was driving back to where we lived at the time. And, um, it was like, I mean, the only, the only way I ever explain it really. And it's, if people don't read the Bible, it sounds kind of weird, but I, I always explain it as this was my road to Damascus moment, you know? And, and, um, so this, like God spoke to me, it wasn't audible. It wasn't, you know, like this beaming light from heaven and you know mm -hmm. everything you know it was nothing like that but it was this loudest voice inside of me and um so i pulled over the side of the road i broke down and basically it was it was a a fork in the road of of my life spiritually and physically and one way and i knew it clear as day like i can keep going down this path and it is going to lead to death and and i don't know what's going to happen or this was like, almost like this was the ultimatum. Like this is my last chance to, you figure out what you're doing and this is it, you'll be left alone. And so I chose like to come back to God. And um, I called Lisa that night. I think it was that night, right? Mm -hmm. Anyway, I, I called Lisa at night and, you know, told her everything and just like, just threw it out there. Like, is there any way that this can be salvaged. Is there any way we could go through this? And, uh, there was, <laughs> but it was a long process and very long process. And, um, it was only by God's grace that, that any of this, where we're at now from then it's only God's grace because in any other realm or, or any other people's view, we, we should have been divorced. 100 percent we and had actually been going through the entire divorce process so actually what was as funny as how we've kind of you know since we've been started really sharing our story and talking to couples we've kind of uh, you know kind of intertwined our timelines a little bit because yeah. both of our stories during this time were kind of separate i mean he was doing everything on his his end and i had our three kids mm -hmm. and i was really in a place where I had thought, if this ever happens to me, I'm done. I really never thought it could possibly happen to yeah. me. Like we had a good marriage. So I mm -hmm. never anticipated that I would face something like this. And if I did, I just, I was going to be just done. Like that was it for me. So yeah. it was so interesting, the process that God kind of brought me through in this time period where Brad was gone, because I had to learn to just surrender. I had to learn to forgive, even though this was not where he was at. I had to forgive for myself because I couldn't stay in the places of just, I could see myself getting very bitter and I didn't want to be that person. 
I kind of had that same crossroads experience of you can either, you know, forgive or get bitter. And that's where I just felt like I was. And so I kind of had to walk down that road and I prayed for him like never before, even knowing that it might not be something where our family was going to be coming back together in the same way, but just for him in general, he was in such a dark place. And so I just began to pray and pray and pray for him. Mm -hmm. And so when he had called me that night and said, you know, maybe there's a chance that we could work things out. It was actually one hour later that my attorney called and said, the papers are ready. The judge just needs to sign them. And I was like, just hold on. (laughs) because <laughs> yeah. I didn't have quite enough faith yet to tell him not to do anything to them. <laughs> but I was like, just, just <clears throat> hold on. I have to see how this, I have to see what God's doing. And I think he thought I was completely insane, honestly, because <laughs> he's like, are you sure? Are you sure? And I was just like, just, just hold on, you know? And so, yeah, we really, w- when we even had those two timelines just together where we're recognizing like yeah. this moment that God was like, you know, this is your crossroads. And then an hour later that our attorney called and said, Hey, papers are ready. So you guys already had a relationship with the Lord, like going into your marriage, correct? Yeah. Yeah. So like, and, and that's what I think our biggest, uh, well, I think like our ministry, our podcast and the social media and things that we have coming in the future, it's, it really comes from a place of, of, um, twofold uh, uh you know a place of like you grew up in church you grew up in a relationship with god and this still happened and so preparing you know or helping married couples understand like these things can happen it doesn't matter you know what your church background is or Even what if you think you have yeah it all you together. think you have it all <laughs> it's not um and then the other half of that is okay, it happened, or maybe not something this extreme, because this is kind of like the, you know, one extreme of, of what can happen in marriage, but okay, something happened. Now let's rebuild, you know, fix it. And, and how we did all that through, you know, really just focusing our, our priorities shifted and our priorities were on God, not just on our marriage. And really, like, our hope is that through what we went through, or our hope is that other people will not yeah. make those same mistakes. And also in the understanding that if they don't have faith, we're hoping that they will turn to faith because we know that that's what got us through. I mean, really, mm-hmm. truly, because we had to have some hope beyond ourselves <laughs> yeah. and our circumstances, for sure. So for people who maybe are in, you know, the similar situation, how do you know if this is something you should, you know, fix or if it's time to step away? How did, mm. how did you decide that it was something that needed to be fixed? Mm. That's you all day. <laughs> <laughs> it is such a, that is really just not an easy thing for, for anyone to make for someone else because really, truly, if someone's in in a situation where you've had betrayed trust in that way or infidelity in your marriage, I mean, you have the opportunity at that point to say like, are, do I want to continue with this or do I want to walk away? And I think that somebody has to be willing to just wrestle that out with what God wants. 
and, and just saying like, okay, God, I'm going to lay this before you. And not every marriage is going to no. have the same ending as we have. I've walked through with many women who have had to, their way of moving forward had to be to leave that person behind. And even though we hope that that doesn't have to happen, every single one of these cases is different and every mm -hmm. story is different. And then unless you have two people that are, are willing to be transparent and accountable and willing to move forward and willing to take steps, you know, if, if you don't have both of those people together doing those things, then it's right. really hard to, to reconcile that relationship. So sometimes I tell this to, I've told this to many women, sometimes the best way even to fight for your marriage is to throw a few punches not literally, <laughs> but, but meaning that you have to stand up for yourself too. And when there are things that are going wrong, I mean, during this mm -hmm. whole process, I kicked my husband out of the house. Yeah. I put his stuff in a storage shed and said, here's the key. You know, I mean, there were things that happened that said, you know what? I am going to stand in truth. This is, this is not a right situation. If you're going to continue to do these things, then I have to also protect myself, my kids, make our home a place of refuge and peace. And at the same time, I'm praying that God will just open his eyes and ears. And I would tell him, I don't know if he even remembers this, but you, at any point you have the ability to stop this and start working on our marriage. And I, I told him that repeatedly throughout the time. I don't know if he remembers no. that, honestly. No. But um, it's so because it's so funny. We've talked about so many things, and, and it really was like his ears were just, he didn't hear certain things, and timeline doesn't remember certain things. And it's just very interesting, like he said, when you're in those places, there are certain things you just kind of cut off from your memory. So I can't ever answer that question for someone, but I can tell them who to go to in that situation. So for me, no matter what, whether the end of my story was that Brad was going to come home, I knew I had to walk through healing. And every single person who faces something like this has to do that with or without the ending that we had. So what that means is you have to walk towards forgiveness. You have to walk towards moving forward and to looking at that pain in the face and walking through it. So that's what any person can do. And that's what you have to start doing regardless of whether or not your spouse is willing or, or going mm -hmm. to come home. Yeah. And I, I like that you said that, you know, everyone's situation is going to be different. You can't answer it for them. It's their own battle that they have to have with their significant other and with God. And, um, something that I heard that I thought was so amazing that I, this analogy that I still use today is, um, like a marriage is, is a triangle and the bottom two are you and your spouse and the top is God. And the closer you guys get to God is the closer you get to each other. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I think that's, that's just so true. So how did, how did you guys rebuild your trust in the marriage? Cause I'm sure that was a really long <laughs> process and trust yeah. is really hard to rebuild. So how did you do that? So, um, the biggest thing we did, well, I, I mean, we set boundaries. I say we, but really Lisa like was like, listen, we need boundaries now because you know And really like even guardrails. It sounds yeah, like guardrails. <laughs> however you want to put it. Basically what it is 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 having parameters in your marriage that set your marriage up for success. So um like my phone, so I have a work phone and I have my personal phone. And Lisa had access to both of those phones now. 
and she still does. And she could randomly check them. Um, you know, I wasn't deleting, you know, text messages. I wasn't, there was, everything was very, I was very, I was being very transparent, which was tough at and this first. this wasn't like a set of rules necessarily. This no. was like him recognizing, you know what? He wanted to work things out and he could see the things that would cause me to go to a bad headspace. But it wasn't easy. So like, and, and I mean, just, it was a lot of stuff with communication. So it was like my cell phones. It was like, Hey, like, you know, you can't take them here. Don't, you're not going to be alone with them. You know, I need access to them. And that was, it, it sounds so restrictive, but it was, like I said, there were, there was parameters to, for our goal to be, we need to rebuild trust and we need to grow our marriage. And at first it was, it's kind of like a detoxing kind of, um, especially for the person, like for me, I was, I was the one that was in the wrong. I was the bad guy. So it was like a detox for me where I had to, you, I felt like it was restriction of like, I didn't have privacy and I didn't have freedom anymore. Like I won't carry cash. You know, I only use credit cards. So my purchases can be tracked. Um, you know, Hey, I'm, I, I travel for work. So it was like, Hey, I'm, um, done with work, headed back to the hotel. I'm at the hotel. You know, it was like this, almost like this is exactly what I'm doing throughout the day. There's no, you know, blank hour that she didn't know what I was doing. And, um, at first, yeah. And it sounds, it does sound very like, um, very, you know, hear the rules. Like this is what you have to do if you want to earn my trust. And at first that's what it felt like. But then what it became was it was just so much more freeing. Um, I didn't have to worry, you know, basically I didn't have to live two lives. I didn't have to worry about anything. I didn't have to, um, you know, and, and as that grew and the different guardrails we have on our marriage, there's a lot of them. I mean, we don't watch, um, movies or TV shows that have uh, nudity or some kind of like, you know, you know, like some kind of sexual thing in them because I want to honor her and everything I do. And so like sitting there and maybe even watching something that people would not consider, um, bad, but it's like, you know, half naked people on the screen. Like I, I'm not going to sit there and watch it. Like I want to honor my wife and all the things I do. And so that's a guardrail we have. Um, that there's a lot I mean, I can't think of every specific one now, but I, what I want to get at is like, so as I was rebuilding, as we were rebuilding trust and I was doing all these things, I still had to work. So I still had to travel. I still had to do all these things. And one day I sent her a picture and this is kind of where I had my realization that it was like, Hey, I'm good. Like, I mean, I'm still growing and, and still running towards Christ every chance I get, you know, I'm, I'm continuing that. But I was good that I didn't, I wasn't lying anymore. I didn't have anything to fear. Like there was no secrets. I sent her a picture of like a shirt I bought. Um, and she, and there was another picture of that same trip where she flipped out because she didn't see my wedding ring. And, um, so I used to take my wedding ring off all the time. I never take it off anymore. And, uh, she didn't see my wedding ring and she freaked out. It put her in a horrible headspace you know, all these memories started rushing back and I was like, well, I'm going to let her cool off. And then I'm going to explain to her, 
I'm wearing my wedding ring. Like you could see it in the picture, you know, it was his response though, in that situation, because it, it, it was like anyone who's ever gone through something like this, there is this, this whole aspect of feeling like you're stupid. Yeah. And I know that that almost sounds strange, but any betrayal, it doesn't even matter if this is within your marriage, but mm -hmm. you have a betrayal and then you look back over this period of time or that thing and you feel foolish, you feel stupid. And so whenever I walked through this, I, you always feel like, why did I not see these things? And so it was like in that moment of thinking, oh my gosh, I, no. I'm in this again. And I, how did I not see it? And his reaction in that was so different than any other time because he didn't get defensive. He didn't get, you know, upset, which is normally what he would have done and gotten really defensive mm -hmm. and, you know, argued himself out. And it's like, no, it's okay. Like there's, there's nothing going on. You can see, you know, and just was very calm. And, and it was so much like you said, like that whole triangle thing during this whole process, the biggest part of us rebuilding trust. Yes. The guardrails were big because he was willing to do whatever it, whatever it took. And that was huge for me to be able to see, but he was pursuing his relationship with God and it, and because I trust God, right. And as he was pursuing his relationship with God, I could take my fingers off of trying to control everything because mm -hmm. At first, I felt responsible for like keeping track of everything. You know, I wanted to make sure like, are you doing what you're supposed to be doing? And where are you? And where's your phone? And no, 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 and all of those things. And it just was incessant. I could just feel that like grip on myself of just trying to somehow control someone else's behavior, which is impossible. Okay. And it can just drive you crazy. So the closer that I saw him pursuing his relationship to God, the more I could take my fingers off, you know, and there's so many times like I've surrendered something and then like the next day I'm like, how am I carrying this again? <laughs> you know, it's like you, uh, feel like, okay, I laid that down. Like, I'm not going to pick that back up. And then next thing I know, my fingers are clenched tighter than anything else mm -hmm. around that same thing. So recognizing like the surrendering process is sometimes something you have to do daily mm -hmm. and the forgiveness process is something that sometimes you have to do every single day. I think a lot of people make the mistake is cause you want everything to be instant. So, you know, I came back, I moved back in and all right, instant trust, instant marriage is stronger. Mm -hmm. Everything's instant. And the reality is, I mean, it took, it took a long time. It took a while. And I mean, it was a gradual process and it got better and better and better, but it wasn't by no means. Instant. Yeah. There's setbacks. There's, yeah. you have to be so willing. And I don't think in, in any of your relationships, you don't ever arrive, you know? So it's not mm. like you just get to this place and you're like, okay, we're done now. Like we can stop, <laughs> we can stop growing and just, you know, be comfortable. Yeah. So our whole goal along the way is to never just be complacent and just be, well, we're comfortable, but to continue to grow and grow and grow. So yeah, we are just in that place of recognizing that there's always something else that we can improve. There's always something else that can be better and mm -hmm. that's important. But yeah, don't ever feel like in those moments, like something is going to just happen instantly. I really did want with Brad when he had this road to Damascus experience and he called me in that moment and I was just like, okay, I'm going to get a completely new man. 
<laughs> that's what's happening right now. This is what I prayed for. <laughs> and instead, I got a very broken man. And uh, that was beautiful. And I know that, that that's very strange to say too, but that brokenness, like that was something was built out of that that could never be built through just, I've got it all together. <laughs> And so, you know, getting a chance to see God take that brokenness and, and build something up is in both of us, right? We were both broken in very different ways. Um, he is broken with shame and I was broken with pain. And so both of those places we had to let God heal and, and we had to really allow something new to be brought from that. And we couldn't, we couldn't crave what used to be. We had to look forward to what could be. So that was just like a constant thing. Like we could not spend forever looking backwards. And that is such a, a thing. Anyone's going through some of those things. Yes, there is a time that you have to, you know, walk through pain. But if you are in the process of trying to rebuild trust in some capacity, you cannot end your relationship looking back at what was or trying to make someone pay for the mistakes that they made. Like then you're in trouble. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I had to get to the place of recognizing, like, even though there was a time, like I wanted, I wanted Brad to pay for the mistakes that he made. Like I wanted him in some capacity to feel the pain that I felt and experienced. And I had to allow God to work in my life to say like, well, first of all, that wasn't my job. And there really was no payment that could make up for that right? There was no payment. There was nothing that he could do or say that would make it all okay again. So if I was making the conscious decision to want to rebuild our marriage, I had to make a decision to say that there was this little date or point of time where I said, okay, this is going to be something new. And even though that doesn't mean I'm never going to look back again, because it's really hard. As he said, that one day he sends me this picture and I'm like, oh, <laughs> all of this work we've done and yeah. I'm way back here again. Um, recognizing that, okay, my job is to, to move forward, move forward, move forward. I love that. And it's, it's so true that, you know, you guys, like you guys were broken in, in different ways. And I think that people think that when they get married, that they're kind of going to be broken at like the same time or like the same way. And it's, it's not, it's not like that. And, you know, there's always going to be one person who is stronger and the other one who's struggling. And that's why you know, there's two in, in the marriage is to lift each other up and, and be there for each other. And I know for me and my husband, something, a mindset shift that we had to make was just remembering that it's us against the problem and not me against him. Absolutely. Because okay. we want to both be like the end result should be should be we both win, not I win and you lose. If you win, you're losing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. exactly. <laughs> if you won the fight, you lost. Yep. <laughs> yeah, that's why it's just so important to just remember that you guys are on the same team. And I think that's probably a shift that that you guys made, which is like when you said that his his response was different. It wasn't defensive. It was you know, being there for you and being calm and collected. And, and that's so important. Cause I, I feel like a lot of couples when they, when they do get into it, it's, it's, yeah, it's placing the blame. Like one has to be right. And the other person has to be wrong, but we have to remember that 
our feelings and each other's feelings are valid, even if it's something silly. Like sometimes my husband will will feel a certain <laughs> feel a certain <laughs> way. Like I, I always have this one example of this one time he okay, it's my you know he's a boy he loves video games. He mentioned something about Mario Party or something, and I was like, yeah, I played that before. It was fun. He made this little comment. So then, like a couple of days later, I guess he buys it for me. But I didn't know he bought it for me. So then when he, when I wasn't playing the game, he'd say, hey, babe, you want to play? And I was like, no, I'm good. Thanks. You know, we were hanging out with friends and the boys were playing. And he was like, babe, like you should play. And I was like, no, it's okay. Like, I really don't want to. And his feelings were so hurt. He's like, I bought this game for you. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, I don't like video games. And while it's, while it's so silly, like it was at the time, like, I was like, this is so silly that he's mad at me for this. But like his feelings are valid. Like yeah. in his head, he was doing something yeah, nice for me. To you and he, yeah, okay, yeah. we're going to connect over this. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, oh, but instead of just, you know, turning it into a fight or making him feel silly about it, it was just, you know, his feelings are valid. We need to remember, even if we don't agree with their feelings, and it could be something way more serious than playing Mario Party, but like their feelings and each other's feelings are still valid. And I can definitely tell it that was probably a shift that, that you guys had to rebuild each other's trust. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, just yeah. learning to to listen, learning. I mean, we, we had to relearn everything. We'd been married for 10 years at that point, and we thought we... I don't know. We I will do, say yeah. like, I just to reiterate for people listening or watching, like I didn't get off scot-free or anything like that. Like, you know, Lisa had a pain, you know, that I, I don't know. I can't, you know, I, I don't understand that side of it. I mean, I, I have empathy. I just don't understand that side of it because I didn't go through that, but I did go through pain. Um, and it was when I was coming back and, and trying to rebuild trust and losing, you know, we had, we had, we still do clearly, mm -hmm. but at that point we had three kids and one was tiny. Uh, how old was he? Um, it, he was a baby, he was like nine months, yeah. nine months. And I missed at that, at that age, uh, you know, Oh, two weeks is a huge miss at nine months. You know, they grow so quickly. I missed so much of his, you know, little babyness, and, and so like, there's, and this gets into like a whole nother aspect of our story, but like, I hurt all the time when I look at the kids, cause I know there's time that I left. And this isn't because Lisa's like, you know, pushing this on me or anything like that. Absolutely not. This is just me. Like, this is what I walked away from this. This is what happened you know, and seeing that not necessarily aftermath because, you know, praise God, our kids are good. Um, but it's, it's me, you know, when I see it, like I, I see like memories, you know, and they're like so tiny and I'm like, man, I missed, you know, this much of that and you can never get that back. And so, I mean, a lot of other things too, but just for people that are going through this or, or, you know, or trying or thinking they may try to work this out. Don't think that the bad spouse, quote unquote, um, is getting off scot-free if you're like, you know what, let's make this work out because there's a whole nother element that they're going through. 
and um and it might not seem like to the level of what you know the I don't know a better way to say this, but that the good spouse is going through, <laughs> I know we're not trying, you know, <laughs> but, but, um, you know, it's not the same. It, it's not, I'm, I mean, you can't even put it in the same spectrum, I guess. And it's so that pain, like the pain from shame and, and yeah. thing, like, it's like, I specifically remember fairly, fairly new after you had come home and we had gone out to dinner and we're trying to reconnect. We're just trying to just awkward, you know, like, like go on that. dates again and like, okay, not look at somebody and just hurt, you know? And so we went on a date and I remember us having a conversation and, and somehow I don't even remember how we got upset, but I know we had come home and I was crying and, and he, w we were outside of the house because we didn't want to go in because the kids were in there and they, we don't want them to see us upset like this. And I remember Brad just telling me, like, you have no idea what I see when I look in the mirror and how that hit me. Because in that moment, it was like I could feel like this intense level of like every time he looked in the mirror, what he was seeing was exactly what the enemy wanted him to see. You know, he was still walking through all of this shame, all of those things. And I started to pray from that night on that he would stop looking in the mirror and seeing what he had done and start seeing what Jesus had done for him. And I just, it was like this, just, I needed to see that almost like see how raw his pain was because sometimes we're so wrapped up in our own pain. It's really hard to see anyone else's. And, um, I remember also seeing when that prayer was answered, when he started to lay aside, like, okay, this is not, this is not how God sees me anymore. Like I, I can, I don't have to look in the mirror and just see all of these bad things that I've done. And I can instead see what Jesus has done for me. And yeah, we choose that to, to look at our story as a miracle. And that's why we talk about it so openly. Hey guys, absolutely loving this conversation, but I have a few quick questions for you. Do you find yourself struggling with your eating habits? You're either restricting or you don't eat enough or you overindulge and feel crappy. Do you find yourself emotionally eating, constantly fighting cravings and having a hard time sticking to a workout regimen? Are you so busy with work, school or being a parent that you find it so hard to just have the motivation to cook or meal prep or even work out? Or do you just have no idea where to start? You want to improve your nutrition, but all you know is restrictive dieting. What if I told you you can find food freedom, eat food you love, improve your health, increase your energy, and fall back in love with yourself all while reaching your health goals? This is what I do, you guys. As a health and confidence coach, I actually teach you everything you need to know so you don't have to meal prep, you don't have to exercise hours a day, you can stop stressing and still reach your health goals because it'll just be second nature to you. You deserve it. I promise you, you deserve it. So if you're interested in one-on-one -on -one coaching with me, you can click the link in my show notes for a free discovery call. And you can also reach out to me on Instagram at this is Miranda Lee. All right, let's get back to the show. So I know in your, um, in your podcast, you guys talk about what it, how we should have a dangerous marriage. So what does it mean to have a dangerous marriage and why is that something we should actually strive for? Mm. I found you. <laughs> Are you throwing this out on me? I'm like, uh. <laughs> um, 
Well, I mean, it's, it's biblical, right? Uh, not necessarily dangerous marriage. Like that's, <laughs> I didn't see a scripture that said that. Um, no, but what I mean is, is what we were getting at when we talk about that and man, I haven't talked like that's an older, old yeah. I'm like, <laughs> wow. Okay. Um, what you see in society generally today, um, and not just today, but it's been, you know, for a few years now, quite a few years, but marriage is like always under attack, always under attack. It's, I think the, the divorce rate is, you know, still hovering around that, you know, 48 to 50% of, of people that get married. And I don't know, like, you know, Christian, non-Christian, I don't know those statistics, just in general, that is a thing. I will look up something on my phone though. I do have a, I saved this picture of it. And this is why I'm getting at like a dangerous marriage is to keep your marriage, fight for it and let be dangerous in the sense of, um, I'm fighting for my marriage. I'm keeping my marriage. I'm, I'm pursuing God. I'm trying to help other people help, not just marry people, but just, you know, be an example for everyone. And, and the dangerous part is, is putting yourself out there and also like just praying um, those dangerous prayers where you really are like, you know, when I started praying that God use our story, I would have never thought that we'd be where we're at right now with what we're doing, but also that, you know, couples would be in and out of our house and in our backyard, sitting down, talking with us and, and, um, whether, you know, we fully help them or not, I don't know. We just give them what God's telling us to give them. But, um, you know, this is a, so this is from, um, leadership journal. I don't know. I've, I'm bad about that stuff. I've never, uh, really read it, but the statistic is says, um, father's influence on salvation, right? And, um, so we're talking specifically about families now because it's father, mother, and kids. And it says father's influence on salvation, 93% when dad comes to Christ first, 93% of the families will follow. Now, if the dad's out of the picture and the mom comes to Christ first, it drops to 17%. And then if the mom and dad are totally like absent, which is a lot of what we see today. Um, and it's just the kids and somehow maybe they had a friend that invited them to church or something, um, that drops to 3.5%. And so like having the, um, you know, this, this biblical marriage, God centered marriage, um, it goes against what everyone you know, and I'm generally speaking, right. But it goes against what society is right now. And that's why I think it's, you know, that's why I brought up this dangerous side of marriage is yeah, we were, I mean, we dangerously started rebuilding our trust, you know, start, you know, came back to cry, you know, came back to our marriage. She let me back in. We, you know, refocused our marriage, reprioritized our marriage, um, to, to seek God fully. But I think the biggest thing with, with all that is just, I just wanted to, to almost flip the, the worldview of marriage on its head and say like, listen, 
is we're not perfect by any means mm -hmm. and we never will be. Um, and we had, we truly did have a good marriage, um, before this happened, we really did. And we come from good backgrounds. Um, we, you know, we have great experiences and this still happened, but we decided like this, what we weren't going to be a statistic. We were going to fight dangerously to bring our marriage back together, to have God use us in, in this story. And it's not finished yet. And so I think that's, that was my take, I think on dangerous yeah. marriage. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, living dangerously, I think typically most people look at marriage as a contract. And so it's like, okay, contract, you know, you fill your, you fill your part and then I will fill mine. And really mm. what God intends and what he does for us is he gives us covenant, you know, so no matter what, I will do my part. <laughs> Even if you don't feel your side of things, I'm going to still fulfill mine. And I think recognizing that marriage is meant to be in a covenant, you know, that we're going a hundred, hundred, not 50, 50, but a hundred, hundred. And, you know, living dangerously in the fact, even like Brad mentioned, like the dangerous prayers, right? Like you, you say, search, search me, God, <laughs> change me, God. Um, though you pray those kind of prayers and it gets dangerous, right? Cause then all of a sudden you have to change yeah. and you have to all of a sudden, um, do something outside of your comfort zone. And, and we don't want to be comfortable. Brad always says, be comfortable being uncomfortable. And I think that that's so good is like, okay, I'm not supposed to just be complacent in sitting here. Mm -hmm. You know, we mentioned that earlier, but I'm supposed to be moving forward. I'm supposed to be, you know, fighting back darkness. I'm supposed to be a beacon of light in this world. And my kids and, and our marriage and all those things, we want to be dangerous, mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, especially in God's kingdom. So do you think looking back at, you know, your marriage before everything went down, is there something that could have been different or could have changed that would have prevented it? Cause I know, I know at least like for me in my relationship with God, when I look back at any like major mistakes that I've made in my life, it's because my relationship with God became more of like a routine instead of like an actual relationship. Do you think maybe that's what kind of pushed you guys, pushed you, Brad, off track? Yeah. What, what was your experience? No, absolutely. So we, we, we've looked back on those, you know, the first 10 years of marriage and, um, you know, having kids that of course is just hard in general. Um, so like one thing before I get to like, actually, I'm sure there's other stuff in our marriage that Lisa might know, but one thing we did, we kind of dated off and on, you know, like we'd go out every now and then on the weekend, we, we it wasn't a habit. Um, and so I think there are seasons, but I think at some point we lost touch, you know, and kind of lost touch because, yeah, because of raising kids kind of went above our marriage, yeah. especially because they were little and so they yep. require so much and so i think we lost that a little bit but as far as like my relationship with god 100 percent, it it turned into um checking a box and my career was more important i think um and i really at the at that time if you were to ask me 
like, oh, is your career more important than, you know, your being a Christian, your relationship with God? I would have said absolutely not. You know, of course, you know, being a follower of Jesus is more important than anything. But in reality, that's exactly what was happening. You know, my career was way more important than my relationship with Christ. And also what I found was that um, I, you know, I prayed. I didn't pray regularly, um, but I did pray. But I went through a few things in my career that was really tough. Um, a lot of training things I had to do. And I did, I would pray during that. And, you know, I ex succeeded in it and I, you know, made it, I, I was able to do all these things and I didn't ever think like, Oh, it was because of me. So it was a weird time for me. Um, because I felt like, Oh, I have this relationship with God. I have this God thing like down. Like that's kind of, I felt, cause I grew up, you know, my, um, uncles and my grandfather on my mom's side, they were all pastors. Um, and so I grew up uh, in this, you know, deep in this, you know, in this Christianity. And, um, I grew up hearing the Bible. I grew up, you know, praying, I grew up tithing, I grew up doing all these things, but I don't feel it got I was never really, I would say 100% grounded, um, in the word of God. I, I didn't have the strength, spiritual strength to fight, um, what the enemy would come at me with. And so that's where it started, um, you know, further back. And then as it got closer, as it got closer to my, like, you know, really, um, walking out on Lisa and doing all these things, it was just like, you know, I put it like this. Um, and this is another men's ministry. They put it like this. I thought it was great. It's like you take a bite size, uh, or fork sized bite of something. And then you take another one, then you take another one, then you take it. And then the next thing you know, you've eaten the whole pie, whatever it is. You didn't mean to eat the whole pie, but you ate the whole pie, but it was just one bite at a time. Of course, if I tried to like, you know, just grab all this and eat it at once, there's no way I would be able to do it. But I allowed sin, like real, you know, sin just to like break me down one little thing at a time, one little thing at a time, because I truly, you know, I, I would, I would argue that there's nobody that just gets out of bed, woman or man that are married and they go, you know what, today I'm going to go cheat on my spouse. Like there's no way there. I don't care if that really did happen. There's a lot of stuff that happened before they made that decision, you know? And so, and I, I wouldn't say that I ever made this like clear decision it was all these little things that built up and next thing i know i'm doing this and um it, yeah my relationship with christ was not as strong as i felt it would be which is crazy to me because there were still times during that that um i would be in situations that were kind of like um i don't know it, it's just stuff that i do with my job um because i'm i'm a like quasi law enforcement guy. And so there'd be like these situations that I'd be in that were kind of a little bit hairy. And I would always be like, 
uh, you know, Lord, help me out, like protect me. And it's just so funny because it's like my first instinct was like, call on God, he's going to get me through this. But then when it was over, I'm like, all right, I want to put you away. Thank you. Now I'm going to go do whatever I want to do, which is clearly like a twisted way of looking at this whole relationship with Christ. You know, it's, it's just, he's not a genie in a bottle. He's not, um, you know, the parachute to help you land safely. It's not what he is. He's a relationship. It's a relationship to have with him. Um, so yeah, long, long answer to my relationship was not as strong as I thought it was. And now, um, I strengthen it every day. I'll never say that I'm done strengthening my relationship or trying to grow, um, in Christ further and trying to root, you know, have my roots, you know, deeper. Um, but I do devotions and like my first priority when I wake up is to take moments out of my day and give it to God studying, reading devotionals, opening the Bible, praying, and then also things I do throughout my day for me that I felt has, has, um, helped me just continue to honor God in everything I do. So I try to, like I tell guys that I talk to, I try to saturate my life with Jesus. So it's, you know, music, um, thoughts, just, you know, everything, because I, w I want to honor everything that he does for me and I want to be able to, to be used by him. And so that's, yeah. you know, but at 100%, you can get to a box checking yeah. thing and it's so easy to do and it can become, um, like a habit type of thing where mm -hmm. it's like, okay, Sunday morning, go to church. Great. You know, whatever. Um, all right. I prayed, check the box. I prayed before I went to bed, check the box, but it's not really, you're just kind of going through the motions yeah. and I definitely was for a while and I don't know how long that would be, but you know, one day I looked in the mirror and I wasn't living at home anymore and I was, I just wasn't myself at all. I would say to you like in steps with that and I know we've done whole episodes on this, but you know, pride for sure being a, a big factor, um, priorities being a big factor factor pornography being a factor i think all of those things can lead you like that one one bite at a time just down the wrong road so my last question for you guys um because you you bring up pornography and i i know like the way society is and how tv is even have you, you can like just watch cable and you'll see things you'll be like whoa can't believe that's yeah. on there like that. <laughs> yeah like like even like the whatever music awards when when they uh, had yeah. wop or whatever i was sitting in my i was with my parents i was like oh my dad was like whoa and we were just like oh my gosh and of course my dad didn't know the real lyrics to the song because he'd only heard the radio radio version. like he was like whoa yeah super awkward but you know the way the society is these things are normalized and I know that I I know that people think pornography on it like by itself like if one person is watch watching it is an issue but a theme that I've kind of noticed in today's world is like couples will even watch it together and I don't think they understand that 
that that's still not healthy for no. marriage. And yeah. can you kind of explain why, even if you're watching it together, it's no. still no, no. <laughs> it's, uh, <laughs> yeah, right. it's still, still no, no. no. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> it's, um, that's going to be the next thing. Pornography. Yeah. Still a no, no. Still a no. <laughs> so, I mean, minus the fact of like, it's, it's just like, it's in the Bible, like not specifically pornography, but like sexual immorality. But, you know, so minus that fact, just if, if someone isn't um, following Christ and I, it's still not healthy even to do it together because it's unrealistic uh, views on both male and female. And um, it's just... It really it, hurts your sexuality. It, 100%. Around. And I think I said it on one of our episodes. I'll say it again. But I really, really do believe this. And this is just me. This is like my humble opinion. But I, I think that the majority of cases of erectile dysfunction have to do with uh, pornography use and viewing. I really do think that um, because it seems like it's a rampant thing. And the only reason I know that is because there's constant billboards all up everywhere. And it's like, you know, take a pill for ED, do this, do that. I don't even know. But it's like, <laughs> I've just been seeing all these billboards. And so to me, I mean, it's pornography is not healthy in any way, shape or form. And what I like, actually, what, what I see is happening is there's, you know, there's celebrities that are coming out and saying like, Hey, I was addicted to pornography and it is not good. And this and this and this, and they start listing everything that was happening to them. And so there's a lot more people coming out and against it. Um, now they're, I mean, cause like you're saying, like you can turn on the TV, but people, I think in general, people don't classify those things as, uh, pornographic they classify them as just like oh well entertainment entertainment they're pushing the edge or you know whatever when technically it is pornography it's just you know people have have you know it's just like people rate sins people rate that and so it's like well mm -hmm. i didn't go into that you know i didn't go to that website it's not triple x this you know it's it's a movie like why can't we watch it so um going back to even like our guardrails like that's part of it. It's not, I mean, yes, pornography is definitely a no, no, um, <laughs> but also just, just like watching movies that, that you can, can, you can actually sit back and go, you know what, this is a form of pornography 100% and we're not going to watch it. Yeah. And God's intention is for your mind and for your body to be for your spouse. He's meant for that to be a really beautiful thing with your spouse, intimacy with your spouse. And if you're watching pornography, what are you thinking about? You're not no. thinking about your spouse. You're filling your mind with images of someone else. I want my husband to be thinking about me. Mm -hmm. I want to think about him. Like that's how God's intention. He's given us this beautiful gift of sexuality, right? But we've taken it and twisted it. The enemy has given us all sorts of things to try to gratify this area in ungodly ways. And we have just taken that and run with it. And it is destroying marriages. It's, it's destroying people being, having the ability to have healthy 
healthy sexual relationship with their spouse because they can't get turned on by their spouse anymore. Everything that the way that your brain works and all of those, the, the rush of endorphins that you get and you're looking at these images pretty soon, you cannot get turned on by what's right in front of you. These things are, are clearly toxic and whether you're a Christ follower or you're not, you can look at the the statistics and you can see just how, how these steps and unfortunately what happens is with any addiction, right? One thing that you're doing, all of a sudden that doesn't satisfy you enough and you need something else and you need something else. Not to mention the amount of abuse that goes on in this industry. Oh, God. You yeah. know, so how yeah. many men, women, and children that are abused in this industry. And when you're doing those things, you're also supporting that. And so it, it's so many facets of this. And I just think it's become so accepted in our culture. Um, I think really truly this this is a cry out for people to stand up and be warriors about this and to also talk to your kids about this stuff yeah we need to show them how to stand against those things i mean i'm i'm the one who I, walking through the mall yeah. tells my boy like uh, victoria's secret yeah that's pornography <laughs> <laughs> and because i want them to know this is not how we look at women yeah. this is not what women should be doing to try to draw men's attention like this is not who we are but it's it's something that needs to be talked about, and um, it needs to be talked about at church. It should be talked about from the stage. Like it should be talked about. It should not be something that's um, hidden and taboo and just kind of like, oh well, yeah, that's bad. You shouldn't do it because, um, man. And this is gonna kill me right now. I cannot remember the exact uh, statistic, but it was um, probably about four years ago. I was really looking into this and pornography industry targets. And I want to say it's like 10 years old. It is. Yeah. And so if they can get someone hooked at 10 years old, that's it. Like you're hooked and it is like a drug. And so it's just scary that it's that age. It's scary that it's any age, but specifically that age, like we have a 10 year old. I couldn't even imagine um, anything like that, you know, that, that he would be seen or be exposed to like, that would just be horrifying to me. But most parents do think that way. Right. And so they place no boundaries on their children's phones. They let them go with their phones in their bedroom at night. I know this is like getting into a whole nother thing, (laughs) but I'm just saying like, protect your kids, um, that you know more than they know. And so it's your job as a parent to say no to them when, when you need to put guardrails in place, because you don't want them exposed to things. And I mean, down to games where they put mm. on the ads, um, sexual things within, within these games that are meant for quote unquote kids. So mm. it's really important to, you know, talk to your kids because as soon as the enemy can get somebody to, to just be in those cycles of shame and then, yeah. and then isolation, right? So they do something that you feel this shame, even though you don't necessarily know why you feel this shame and then you don't tell anybody. So you're isolated and it just continues in this habitual pattern of sin. Yeah. So, yeah. And like you guys said, it's just cause it's normal. doesn't mean it's okay. Yeah, exactly. No, it is no. just so weird that it's normal. It What'd you say? We see, we've seen ourselves how it destroys. Mm-hmm. Right? It's, it's yeah. that one small that one small bite, that one small bite. And so recognizing that if you keep taking those bites, it leads you to places you never want to go. I mean, and that's just the truth of it. And and that's why we are so, you know, outspoken about some of these things is we don't want people to walk into the same places that we walked. 
And so we, we really pray if you are struggling with that area, men, women, couples, if you're struggling with that, um, I would just encourage you to go and, and confess to somebody. I think that's really huge when you say those things out loud to somebody in some way, shape or form, it loses its power over you in, in at least a small, a small portion and then getting some accountability. There's things like covenant eyes that you can put on your devices. There's all sorts of resources available to help you to replace those, those impulses with healthier options and then begin to train your mind and go to war mm-hmm. and get some verses that really helps find some scripture verses that you can really stand on. Yeah, I love it. That's so true. Definitely going to look into that covenant eyes thing because I'm sure there's going to be, there's like, there's so many things that we look at that we don't even realize like, Hey, that's not okay. (laughs) We're just, we're just numb to it. We're basically immune to it. And I think like if the things that we see now, um, if we were to see them, like, let's say 10, 15, 20 years ago, we would be like, Oh "Oh my gosh. Like you said, it's just that little bite every day, every year that we're just, we're, we're so numb to it. And it's, yeah, we're walking around with computers in our pocket (laughs) all the time and, you know, social media, all those things. There's so many people who are, you know, scantily clad, if we want to just put it that way, that are posting all sorts of pictures. I mean, those, those are just constant things that people are inundated with. So it's really everywhere. Yeah. So how can our listeners connect with you, reach out to you? Where can they find you? No, you do that. I'm bad with that. <laughs> on, Insta, <laughs> on Insta, we are unrelenting pursuit underscore. You can follow us there on Facebook. We're just unrelenting pursuit. You can search on Spotify, on Apple, and just unrelenting pursuit, and you'll see our podcast on there. And yeah, that's where you can connect with us. Awesome. I'll put all that in the show notes so people can follow you and reach out to you but thank you so much for taking the time today just to share your story and just be vulnerable and just do what god put you on this earth to do so thank you Uh, thanks for for having us. us yeah what an amazing interview i'm just so grateful for brad and lisa for being so vulnerable and opening up to us and i think it is just so amazing that they're using these past struggles that they've had to help other couples whether they're in the situation or to avoid being in a similar situation i just think that is so amazing all right so let's end this episode in a word of prayer so go ahead and bow your heads close your eyes unless you're driving keep them open <laughs> dear lord jesus thank you so much for amazing people like brad and lisa who can just open up and teach us from their mistakes and just show that it's okay to not be perfect, but we just need to fully surrender to you, Lord. Please be with everyone during their own journey, whether it's with a spouse, whether it's in the dating season, um, or maybe just rediscovering themselves in you, Lord, after a bad breakup. Thank you so much for just loving us unconditionally and for dying on the cross for our sins, Lord. In your almighty name, Amen. Thank you.